Welcome back, one and all, to the Our Outdoors portion of your fourth weekend of July. Four out of five. Boy, we're putting all the good weekends in the good month, enjoying all that heat and the great summer fishing that is setting up out there. I'm your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer, with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. I look forward to sharing with you all of the great fishing and information on the great upcoming hunting seasons and just what's happening in general in the outdoors, legislatively, regulation-wise, so many things going on this time of year. It's important to keep your head on a swivel so you know what's happening and, more importantly, where you can find those hot bites at. So tune in, NewsDakota.com, DakotaEdge.com. We have it all there, reports, stories tips, tactics, the things that keep you on top of your fishing and hunting game. And while you're out there enjoying the waters here in July, targeting all of those great fish that we have, think about this. Think of how many opportunities we have now compared to 30 years ago. Talk more about the access we have. Boy, do we have access. We have docks, we have piers, we have all sorts of great places where people can get on the water. So celebrate that. Get out there, take some pictures. The fish challenge is up at gf.nd.gov. Make sure you take a kid make sure you get excited for all of those opportunities that are expanding and we're not just talking about pike and perch and those traditional fish that sort of ruled North Dakota for the first hundred years of its angling opportunities but now we have walleyes in just about every county in the state so many great different little lakes prairie potholes ponds sloughs all sorts of places stocked for both hard water and open water fishing to get on those walleyes and another opportunity that is expanding from the western reaches of Minnesota into North Dakota is muskie angling and for that we'll have a guest right after the break who's very near and dear to my heart and also one of the area's experts when it comes to muskellunge and converting those fish of 10,000 casts. I'll keep it a mystery until after the commercial so please stay tuned and we'll catch up right after the break. Welcome back to the show everyone we are getting into the heart of summer and that is big fish time for guys like Ben Simonson who for journalistic integrity is also my brother but is one of the most well-known in eastern North Dakota who pursue the fish of 10,000 casts. Ben welcome to the show. Hey thanks for having me. Yeah it's good to catch up on non-family related matters and obviously fishing is a part of our family adventures as well and one side uh, that you represent strongly is musky fishing uh, dozens of 50 inch plus fish to your name over the last few years. Talk about though that first musky you caught and how that fish hooked you on the pastime of muskie fishing. See, I'd go throw about like 10 to 20 casts off our dock and our neighbor's two docks. And that August, I hooked into like a 42, 43 inch silver, beautiful muskie. It gave me the fight of my life. I'm allergic to bees, so I was like dodging a hornet at the same time. <laughs> Screaming for my life, screaming for my neighbor to come because I had hooked a muskie. They thought like somebody got murdered or, or died or something in the water or drowned. And it was me uh, holding a, a fish with a, you know, a little orange and black bucktail, which is, works at every watershed, I think, in the country. And uh, till this day still worked. I was so jacked that I caught that fish. And my buddy took pictures for me on a, not a cell phone, on a digital camera. And uh, we released the fish and it swam away. And then that was the beginning of the end for me. (laughs) That's right. All downhill from there. But you've adjusted. Certainly musky angling is a notch above other angling niches. Talk about what's different and what folks should know, the, the walleye angler or the bass angler, before they make the jump into it. You know, I've taken a lot of people out to get their first muskie. I, I had a work friend that constantly, I mean, the guy 
his second year of muskie fishing, asked me what to do on Mille Lacs, and he pretty much caught the state record muskie. <laughs> and I still won't let him, let him live it down to this day, but I said, once you get in the boat and you catch one of these muskies, which he did with me, I think he had like a three fish day, and you know, and it was in the early fall, caught one on a sucker, figure one on a bucktail. I mean, the guy was just on fire. And after that, I just, I, you're never going to bass fish and walleye the same, are you? And, and he's got the same same drive that I do. And, uh, yeah, those days are kind of gone. We still love to fish bass and walleye, but they're, you know, in the, a glimpse in the rearview mirror, and it's all about the muskie, you know. So that's that's what I warn people about, if, you know, if I take them out. And I, I kind of don't want to because it ruins other fishing, if, especially if you have if you have that addictive kind of personality to it and you just, you know, once you experience this fish, there's nothing else like it. That's right. We're talking with Ben Simonson, avid muskie angler from Valley City. Fishes throughout the Ashtabula drainage and in western Minnesota for the fish of 10,000 casts. Let's talk about that passion versus the expense, Ben. Uh, that's one of the differences as well is the gear tends to be a little bit higher. How does that passion balance out the cost in your mind? You know, once you get hooked, it's, you're going to throw your wallet at these fish. But nowadays with, like, the learning curve, you know, from Facebook, you kind of figure out, like, an Instagram and people hashtagging baits and companies. And I, the one thing I recommend is, you know, just pick the lures that work. Go with a long rod, longest rod you can buy within your budget range. And, uh, you know, you're going to spend money constantly on these fish because it's just addictive. And you're like, what's the bait they haven't seen, especially in Minnesota? Fish are so pressured out there. It's where everybody comes because it's a big fish destination. They all come from all over the country. And these fish have seen every lure. So you're always trying something different. Yeah. And on the other side of that, too, technology has changed. Obviously, 15, 20 years ago, we were still using grayscale graphs. And now we have live scope and side image. Talk about how maybe the more expensive and heightened technology is paying off with more fish. I just remember getting my first, I updated my, I bought a 12-inch Lowrance uh, HDS Carbon. And I, I put their latest update in, and I, and I got this way better side imaging with it, where I wasn't picking out fish in the water column before that update, and like literally a light switch. I knew where the fish were. I knew what depth they were sitting. My catch rate that year, you know, five, six years ago, went through the roof with, with side imaging. And now that you have Garmin Live Scope, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate going on right now, uh, especially in the musky world, the musky tournaments, you know, uh, that a guy caught eight fish with live scope in a tournament in Wisconsin. Uh, they were using big swim baits, and I, I don't know if that's fishing anymore. That's the debate, I guess. But that has changed hugely. So literally, you can beat the fish to death with lures until it eats. Keep coming back to that fish. That's actually how the state record uh, that they had had to end up keeping in Malaxel's was caught. Garmin live scope just pounding that fish until they knew it was going to eat. That has changed the sport dramatically. I mean, I thought side imaging was like, there's not going to be another thing, but I think we're getting to a point now where it, is it even fishing anymore? Great. So let's talk about other changes too. Uh, we've seen opportunities expand. If 15 years ago, there wasn't a Lake Ashtabula filled with muskies and, and in training into the Cheyenne, and you didn't have as many lakes in Minnesota. Uh, in addition to the opportunities and maybe the response of the fish or the size of the fish, what sort of changes are you seeing biologically and geographically? You know, there's not a lot of lakes now that don't have zebra mussels in them. So that's probably the biggest change for me, uh, fishing for western Minnesota and fishing eastern North Dakota. They all have zebra mussels now. Uh, I don't know about western North Dakota if they do or not. But that has shrunk the weed beds. There's not as many weed beds, like literally weed beds that I'd fished for years starting out before I was fishing open water. They're gone. They're not there anymore. Or different weeds have moved in because the zebra mussels have, like, shifted that whole biome of, of weeds. 
So you're fishing like shallower weeds sometimes, and then you're fishing like super deeper weeds that were never there before. But they, that same weed line exists, but it just moved because of the zebra mussel. Or, or water depth has a lot to do with it. But definitely the zebs uh, have changed musky fishing. Not so much that I'm noticing in North Dakota right now. There's still good weed beds out there. They're younger here. The zebra mussels aren't as established yet. But we're still finding big zebra mussels, but they're not as thick as they were in Minnesota because they've been there for so long. Yeah, so let's talk about that too, with that change and, and the experience and adjusting to not only the environment but maybe to the things you learn. How have your presentations changed now, maybe slower or more deliberate, versus the grinding out bucktails and bigger lures that you might have thrown in your younger days? Uh, you know, I, I'm not fishing the uh, top of the five feet of the water column anymore, which that's, I mean, I literally put on a double cowgirl double 12, double 10, double 13. That's literally the only lure we threw, <laughs> you know, starting out. That was the heyday. I started in 06. So that's all I did for like two, three years until my hands turned into claws every day from just gripping your reel and, you know, raking these giant blades in. Now I'm fishing, you know, with the zebra mussels, as I mentioned, I'm fishing deeper. I'm fishing open water. Rubber's huge. Uh, I know it was like when I first started out with big blades, and then the bulldog came on the scene with the medusa, those big rubber baits like that. A lot of people are throwing tubes now, which I don't like to see on the internet because that's always been my favorite uh, easy bait to throw that just brought the fish out of the woodwork. You can fish those any depth. You know, you're not just fishing that five foot. So when those fish drop down in there, the water is warmer at the top of the surface and they found established that thermocline. You're fishing the top of that thermocline. You're catching fish deeper. That's right. Wrapping up here with Ben Simons, an avid muskie angler, longtime muskie angler out of Valley City, North Dakota, fishing the Detroit Lakes area as well. well. What do you think is next for muskie angling in North Dakota and Minnesota? And do you think the world record of just over 60 inches, 67 pounds or so, uh, falls anytime soon? You know, that world record, yeah, with the technology that we've talking about, yeah, that will probably fall. I mean, you know, it'll probably come out of Mille Lacs or, or the bigger bigger watersheds throughout the United States. There, there's very big possibility of that, that to break. It's been a long time, but with the technology now, it's uh, you can find that needle in a haystack that you've been throwing your 10,000 casts at every day. I think, uh, you know, North Dakota right now is in a great spot. we got a young fishery coming up, uh, starting to become a destination with YouTubers posting videos. And you kind of like, wow, I started fishing this when these fish were like 32 and they're constantly growing bigger. You know, they're not 30-inch fish anymore. They're pushing that 40-inch range uh, throughout. As long as North Dakota keeps stocking them, which I'm so grateful for, I never thought in a million years I'd be fishing in my home <laughs> hometown or going out to western North Dakota and, and pursuing 40-inch fish to mid-40-inch fish, possibility at a 50. I mean, 50s have been caught in the state. Uh, it's starting to become a destination. It's not a big fish destination like Minnesota is. They'll always, they'll always have that. They have that leech lake. It depends on the strain that's being stocked, but a lot of tigers are being stocked. Something I never thought I'd do, you know, especially I didn't think I'd do it here in North Dakota. Yeah, we hope you keep grinding, and we hope you have a great summer here. Like I said, as we get farther into the season, things cool off a little bit, you'll be out there. We thank you for your time today and appreciate you being on the show. Awesome.
So a lot of great opportunities out there for muskies, whether you're crossing the border into western Minnesota or finding those great lakes and streams in North Dakota with muskie populations present. Obviously, that Lake Ashtabula, as been mentioned, has been stocked over the past decade or so, giving opportunities for both pure strain and tiger muskies. Of course, a lot of great lakes out west along that McCluskey Canal chain of lakes and Lake Audubon. So many places expanding the opportunities for muskies and giving great late summer fishing chances for anglers looking to explore something different. So if it's for you, again, be prepared to invest, but the excitement and the fun of catching the fish of 10,000 casts is not to be discounted. So hope you get out there. I hope you sling some of that heavy metal or some of those new baits. And if you do, I'll see you in our outdoors.